You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello, welcome to Triviality, the show where a lack of seriousness runs head-on with a little bit of... <laughs> there you go, Matt. You're joining my team. Yeah, the... I want to try something a little different. Good like start. A, like the riffing. This yeah. is what happens when we record at night. Yeah, the second the second recording ends up like this. So as you've already heard, Neil, Jeff, and Ken are in the studio with me. How are you guys doing today? Excellent. A little delirious. A little delirious. I'm in my PJs. Yeah. I, I have Grinch pants on. This is Triviality onesie night, so we all... Yeah. for the occasion we all have onesies but matt for some reason is the only one that has like a weird door on it but uh, it's a flap <laughs> the butt flap the butt flap <laughs> this is in front though uh i'd like to be prepared that is getting cut <laughs> oh no i do the cut in here and i'm leaving it <laughs> all right well besides just the usual gentlemen uh we do have two guests with us today uh introducing first is troy osborne a u.s champ from waterloo ontario how you doing today troy I'm good. Thank you, guys. Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm originally from the U.S. in sort of uh, boring parts like Kansas, Indiana, Minnesota, and uh, I've been living in Waterloo, Ontario for the last seven years where I teach history. Uh, I teach history. Okay. Cool. U.S. history, trying to teach the Canadians how it is. No, actually, I know nothing about U.S. history. I oh. teach European history. Oh. Mm. Well, I don't know if I wrote any European history questions. Also but... pretty interesting. And I saw The Outlaw King on uh, Netflix the other night. That's a cool uh, European history movie. There you go. Yep. European history ends in it's 1776. Like, it's like Braveheart, <laughs> Braveheart Part 2. Oh, less, uh, less Mel Gibson? Yeah, Gibson. A lot, yeah, Mel Gibson's character is not in it so much. Oh. That was Robert the Bruce, right? Robert the Bruce. Robert the Bruce. Hmm. Uh, well, thank you very much for, for coming on today and for supporting us on Patreon. We really appreciate your support. All right. And playing with you today will be Madeline Garvey from Champaign, Illinois, also a U.S. champion. How are you doing tonight, Madeline? I'm doing okay. I'm a little nervous. Oh, that's all right. Please don't be nervous. Yeah. But I got wine to cool my nerves. There you go. <laughs> That's the nice thing about not recording at 10 in the morning is it's yeah. more okay to have wine. When, I mean, you can at 10 in That's the morning. That's a bad thing too. to do, yeah. Yeah, well. See, we got to go the opposite way with some late night coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ken and I have been drinking coffee for the last hour and a half, so. I would be up till 4 a.m. But other other than uh, consuming wine, uh, what, what are you all about? <laughs> Tell us about yourself. No, that's all I do here. Uh, <laughs> no, I work at the computer science department at the University of Illinois here. Um, I'm basically just a 
secretary for a bunch of uh, professors. So oh. it's kind of boring. But Go Illini, right? Pays the bills. <laughs> Well, I, I do something boring when I'm not podcasting, too, so I, I understand. I do something boring while I'm podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate you li- maybe listening to our podcast while you're at work, maybe. I don't oh, know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it drowns out the the work. <laughs> everything else. <laughs> well, you should send us a list of the names of people you don't like, and we'll somehow shoehorn them into an episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you guys will be playing as a team. Uh, before we uh, started recording here, um, asked you guys each to shout out a word and we came up with pizza and gophers so you guys are going to be the pizza gophers tonight i believe uh, that's how that worked out uh you guys going as team triviality yeah why not that'll be jeff and neil playing as a team and ken uh has made no friends and has to play by himself i'm gonna be quick draw the fastest uh, gun in the central division was it quick draw mcgraw or droopy who sounded like you're here is that droopy that's droopy, it's, it's droopy okay yeah. why would it be quick draw <laughs> Well, talks fast. Maybe it's ironic that he like, uh, talks so slow, but he's a really fast gun. I don't know. Well, be that as it may, let's send it over to the rules guide to see how today's game will be played. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop. Well, I'm glad to know that it's going to be played the same way this week as last week. Yeah, I was thinking about throwing in some new wrinkles, but you know what? It's a classic night. We gave him a a quick prompt uh, just right before he recorded this. We sent him a text and said, hey, can you drink a little bit of wine and read a book on European history and show us what that would be like as a rules read? And that's what happened. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty solid. It's exactly the same. All right. Well, you guys ready to start the game? Let's do it. All right. Starting off with question one. This is the term for a group of five to ten bananas, although it sounds more like something you'd find in Hell's Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen, uh, Daredevil, a devil of bananas? A page of bananas. (laughs) (laughs) Excelsior. I'm going bananas bananas right now. All right. Well, we think we have an answer. Uh, Madeline pretty quickly said hand, but she didn't get it with the connection to the clue. Uh, And then I remember that there was a, a nebulous web of bad guys in the Daredevil universe um so we are our answer is hand okay triviality uh yeah we we got the daredevil clue there at least we thought it was a daredevil clue and i completely forgot about the the hand uh mm-hmm. which is a criminal uh outfit uh but we just said we just said it's a dare okay and i was reminded of my uh, follicularly challenged friend kevin and i just said kingpin mm, yes well a single banana is actually called a finger if you get five to ten it is a hand of bananas hmm and the hand is a uh, evil. It's it's actually um, what the Foot Clan was based around in, in uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's the opposite of the yeah, hand. A lot, a lot of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles actually parodies Daredevil directly. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So uh, points for the Pizza Gophers. Yeah, nice and a very um, very relevant too with Ninja Turtles with the pizza. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any gophers in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle universe? I'm sure there are. There's got to be a super awesome gopher who like break dances or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys ready for question two? Oh, yeah. All right. Question two. According to a 2018 Thrillist article, a video of two kids excitingly opening their 1998 Christmas present was voted the second best YouTube video of all time. 
What present did these two kids get so excited over? Quick draws in. Well, go ahead. You say first. I mean, I was thinking, so Furby, Tamagotchi, that was that era. What were you thinking? They went nuts, though. I think it's a gaming system. It's got to be like PlayStation or... Uh, well, PlayStation was out before 90... Was it 96 was PlayStation? Which is the one that... Because I got one that I was freaking out 96 with. 96 was um, in 64. Okay. Dreamcast was 99 or 2000. Play- and PlayStation was before... PlayStation 2 was 2000. So oh. I think PlayStation was before that. Oh, two th- oh play- okay. Uh, whatever one I got for Christmas, it, w- it had Brett Favre versus um, the Steelers. And then it was Madden. I got Madden, so I played Madden. All right, we are locked in over here. But my first thought was that it was a game system. And I sort of remember uh, some kids screaming about a Nintendo 64. That's pretty much as far as I got. So do you want to lock in with that? Let's go for it. I have... Okay. Uh, <laughs> No clue at all here. Okay, that's what we're going to lock in with. We couldn't remember the years. We thought maybe N64 was a little bit earlier. We uh, we just said uh, PlayStation. Okay. Quick well, draw? Well, when Quick Draw was a young lad, I remembered my first uh, N64 with the see-through purple controller and Zelda Ocarina of Time, and boy, I was excited, so I said N64. And the answer is Nintendo 64. Uh, there's a really great remix of uh, the metal version of this where the kid's like, Nintendo 64. Is it kind of like he's screaming it? Yeah, and he's like pumping his fist in the air. It's actually yeah. it was in a couple of commercials for something okay. else afterwards. Maybe that's why I remember it. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. My sisters used to play the uh, Mario Kart on Super Nintendo with their feet. So. Oh, my God. Wow. That is super Apparently, impressive. I would not be at that party. <laughs> I, no. I, I have a feet phobia, so yeah. that would have freaked me out. Ugh. Yeah, I hated it. Yeah, I would need my own controller for that point. Uh, moving on to question three. This man, who worked as P. Diddy's assistant, tried to branch out from under his umbrella with the release of his own album in 2011 called Colors. So he, he, this is the guy that wore suits and vests and ties and dressed really nice like GQ, and I, I'm trying to think of his name. It's like a British sounding name, but if if you, I gotta think about it. But I don't know. All right, yeah, it's fine. It was all good. Well, we, uh, I had zero clues, and <laughs> Madeline had more clues than zero. Um, I had like one clue, and it was yeah. uh, the new workout plan Kanye West video because I know he's in that, and the only name I'm coming up with is Bentley, so I think we We're agreed on that. that. Okay, and what did Triviality lock in with? Uh, we didn't, well, we locked in technically with Reginald, but we knew that was wrong and I couldn't remember his name and it was something like really British sounding. And when, uh, Madeline said Bentley, I remember his, I remembered it's Fonsworth Bentley, but we just, uh, we said Reginald. So. All right. Quick draw. And, uh, since the uh, colors, I just thought of the coloring book and said Chance the Rapper. Ah, well, the answer <laughs> is Fonsworth Bentley. Oh my God. Fonsworth what? Bentley. I was convinced yeah. that was his first name. What a pull. So 10 more points for Pizza Gophers. <laughs> Just keep that wine flowing, Madeline. Yeah. <laughs> wine being the HGH of trivia. So just keep, just keep it going. <laughs> uh, question four. SimCity 2000 did not, in fact, come out in the year 2000. It was the first of the SimCity series to be ported to the Sega Saturn, PlayStation, and the Super Nintendo. Within one, what year did this game originally come out? We're locked in. Oh. So you guys can talk. I'm trying to decide, like... When things would be ported to the Super Nintendo and the PlayStation. 
So the last console I owned was an Atari 2600. <laughs> so I'm uh, sadly was not on that system. No, it's not ported. There. I know, I know. My mom likes to tell the story that my dad made us all get um, the original Super Nintendo with our like Christmas money, and I was like two years old, which would have been like <laughs> 92. Um, but I, I think it's probably a little bit later than that. I think so too. That seems pretty early. I want to say like 94 or 95. Let's go 95. Okay. I'm okay with that. All right. Locked in with 1995. It's a weird coincidence. We went with the, the Windows launch year of 1995. I said 1996. Pew, pew, pew. All right. Well, the answer was 1993. Oh, oh no. I talked you out of 94. <laughs> Just one year off there. All right. So the streak ends at three for the pizza gophers. Uh, that's my fault. No. Oh, you'll get it back. I had no idea. All right. Question five is our listener submitted question. Uh, today's question comes from Taylor Cook, who's actually sent us all a bunch of questions. So thank, thank you, you, Taylor. Thank you, Taylor. Yeah, if you'd like to have your question read, uh, just send it over to trivialitypodcast at gmail.com. Put question five in the subject line and just say who you'd like to read it so we don't all look at it before. Yes. And uh, also what's going to help is uh, some of you have been doing this lately, which is great. You're sending us questions uh, that we wouldn't know. Like I would be terrible at geography. Mm-hmm. You're sending me geography questions because so, I can research them properly with your, your questions. So thank you. Yes. And I'm sure Taylor sent me this question because there's lots of names in here that are hard for me to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question five. Hephaestus, the Greek god of fire, blacksmithing, and craftsmanship, could have also been called the notorious F-U-G-L-Y. He was so repugnant, in fact, that Hera, his mother, hurled him off Olympus into the sea. But even having a face a mother couldn't love didn't stop this unsightly outcast from wifing up what 10 out of 10 goddess of love and beauty. And I give that question 10 out of 10. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. (laughs) So Colleen uh, is going to get very angry with me if I get this wrong. She did a play called, um, I don't know, I'm getting the name wrong. Anyway. The play was about myth- Greek mythology, and one of the best performances was by a young kid who played Hephaestus. Who he so metamorphosis? No, no, it was um, <laughs> mythology in ninety minutes or less, Greek mm-hmm. or something like that. Greek oh, that myth- one, yeah. Metamorphosis um, is about Greek myth- mythology yeah. too. Oh, it's not the book. Not the book. That one has a very scandalous uh, scene of coitus in a pool. Yes. Um, I believe the goddess of love is Aphrodite. Sounds right to me. Because Athena's knowledge are. Knowledge, I think. Uh, also, I think it's in the lyrics to "She's So High" by. And that's good Tom enough. Rockman that's good enough for me because Matt, Matt is in Were the really? ni- this entire game is Matt in the nineties. So you're gonna say Joan of Arc? Or I didn't. For the record, Aphrodite. I didn't write this question. No, I know, but I just chose it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, let's go with Aphrodite. We just said Aphrodite. As did I. Mm-hmm. Yes, and the answer is Aphrodite. Hey, mm-hmm. we got points on the board. Oh yeah. <laughs> She's All so right. high, right? Yeah. Yeah. We were joking about Just the lyrics. Like, uh, to Cleopatra and Joan of Arc. And Aphrodite. Well, after five questions, it looks like Triviality is bringing up the rear with 10 points. Um, quick Draw, 20 points. And Pizza Gophers with 40 points. Strong wow. start. All right. Moving on to question six. The League of Nations was founded in 1920 as a result of the Paris Peace Conference at the conclusion of World War I. Towards the end of the League of Nations run, one nation that hadn't been admitted until 1934 was expelled in 1939. 
In expelling this country, the League broke its own rule, as only 7 of 15 members of the Council voted for expulsion, short of the majority required by the Covenant. What country was this? All right, so I'm thinking it's Italy. Yeah, I, I figured it. Because Italy was on the on the Allied side, oh, and Allied then, side and then in turned, World War I, right, right. and then they started backing Hitler. With so, Mussolini, right? Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure Germany became Nazi Germany in 33. Okay. And I don't think they were in it. I think we were tr- still trying to punish the hell out of Germany. It makes sense, though, <laughs> if Italy was... It's turned out to not be a good idea. No, it turns out that being really, really bitter to people for a long time is a bad idea. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, either Italy or, or Germany, I think. Or, I mean, or maybe, Japan. Maybe we just played ball with Germany right up until the, fact, the point where they invaded Poland, and then we just threw them out. That makes sense. I mean, I would imagine because they just invaded them overnight, yeah. that we'd be like, no, you're out. And they would just, you know, whatever the vote was, they would, you know, it wouldn't matter. So, okay. We'll I go, like that. We'll go uh, Germany. Go Deutschland. Okay. Well, I was, unfortunately, this is the time I wish I wasn't a history professor because I don't really know what I'm going to be talking about now <laughs> uh, with you. <laughs> but we thought, I know that I think Japan got in trouble with the League of Nations. And I think Italy got in trouble with the League of Nations. But I think we're going to end up going with Germany because I don't think Germany would have been admitted right away after World War One, And then I think they did something naughty like rearm themselves, which got them kicked out. So the answer that we went with was Germany in the end. And uh, I said Germany. All right. Well, the answer is actually the Soviet Union. Oh. Oh. They were expelled in 1939 for aggression against Finland. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Why would you be aggressive towards Finland? Yeah. What do they do to you? You guys love Finland. Didn't Finland kick the sh- out of them? Is that the one that I'm thinking of? I do not know. We'll defer to Troy on this one. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. In in your history professor pr- uh, opinion, uh, yes, they kicked the sh- out of Finland. <laughs> like, I do early modern history, so anything after like 1800 is current mm, events as far okay. as I'm concerned. Gotcha. So. That's fair. So if the czar of Russia had done something to Finland, yeah, that's right. you can. You can follow Troy's Twitter account uh, post eighteen hundred bad news. I mean, like modern modern India is like fifteen sixteen hundred yeah. current. So yeah. All right, moving on to question seven. According to a two thousand nine broadcast of Countdown with Keith Olbermann, there was a famous literary character on U.S. Airways Flight fifteen forty nine that solely landed in the Hudson River. He probably was allowed to be taken in a carry on bag. That could be small enough to go in a carry on bag. No fiction, right? Fiction story. No, the Sully was real. Oh, no, I, see, the, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Tom Hanks. Sorry. We're not disputing that. Um, well, it was The Miracle on the Hudson. Um, I'm, I'm remembering the movie. Could it have been like a teddy bear or something? Like a famous teddy bear? Mm. Or like a toy that a kid had? It's like an Edward Ruxpin on the flight. Um, That'd be funny. Edward Ruxpin? <laughs> 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 Is that Teddy's uh, much more successful <laughs> <laughs> older brother? Um, no, that's just the Teddy's a short name. It's your cousin, like a, Edward Ruxpin. Like <laughs> <laughs> Edward Ruxpin with his weird You know that new talk box you're looking for? Um, so famous literary character, carry-on bag. Uh, it's got to be like a toy or a book or a Thomas Tank engine. Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Winnie tank the Pooh. We are stumped by the clue. We weren't sure if the clue was in the carry-on or the river. I don't know. What do you think, Madeline? What do you want to end up going with? <laughs> I wanted to go with Mike Wazowski, but then yeah. we decided he wasn't a literary character because of Sully. Um, I so we don't looked know. for small literary characters, and I think we're going to go with Frodo Baggins. 
So we're locking in with Frodo. He's also got Bag in his name. Oh, yeah, that's true. Bag in. So there we go. We get nailed it. <laughs> Triviality. Uh, yeah, we we um we thought maybe it could be a person with a famous literary character's name. And we also thought maybe it was like a toy that maybe a kid had that survived and in a carry-on, like a, a famous teddy bear or something. And we just said Winnie the Pooh. Okay. I thought the reason for the plane's failure because it hit a bird. So I, I said Mother Goose. <laughs> well, this is actually a character that you carry around and then you write letters about all the adventures he's been on. This is Flat Stanley. Oh, Who's Flat Stanley? You don't know Flat Stanley? No. Oh, you know, poor Stanley. childhood. <laughs> I have no he, idea. He never visited is. your classroom. This explains a lot about your trivia <laughs> performance. Flat Stanley. Skipped elementary school. You guys familiar with Flat Stanley at all? Never heard of him. Yes. Yeah. Is it William Steig? I don't know any more than I don't that. Know. that he's a That's little guy. That's the guy who wrote Shrek. <laughs> uh, we forced Shrek. my family to carry Flat Stanley around the world. So. <laughs> Perfect. If anybody's interested, uh, well, uh, the USSR technically uh, won the uh, winter war with Finland. Uh, Finland did, in fact, kick the shit out of them. Uh, Just like they had like volume. more, th- more yeah. than triple the casualties. All right. On that note, <laughs> let's, let's go back to 1998. <laughs> in question, question eight. In 1998, this song was both nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Song and a Razzie for Worst Original Song. I guess people couldn't decide if this song has what it takes. All right, we're locked in. Go ahead, Madeline. My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion, because we thought Titanic came out around that time. Okay. Triviality? Yeah, we knew uh, Titanic uh, was a 97 film that uh, would have won the Oscar in 98, and... uh, we knew that it was kind of panned and loved mm-hmm. at the same time, so we said, My Heart Will Go On. And I said, Let's Get Down to Business <laughs> from Mulan. Uh, well, unfortunately, uh, the correct answer was not said. Um, the One of the clues I was going to write was, This isn't a song that you'd want to make love in an elevator to. Uh, the answer is, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing oh, by Aerosmith. We said that. That is a really bad song. <laughs> yes, but Did also, the Academy Award? it says nominated, first oh, of all. Nominated. Oh, okay. It doesn't take a lot. To be honest, yeah, Sufjan Stevens got beat last year, so yeah, I'm mad. All right, question nine: Macrophobia is the fear of this something diehard Packer fans are probably all too familiar with. (laughs) I mean, macros—they're a fear of things that are large. I'm not. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, it it would make diehard Packer fans. uh, I don't know. Wouldn't want Aaron Rodgers getting hurt or something. (laughs) The fear of Aaron Rodgers injuries. (laughs) Um, Very specific. Macrophobia, bacteria, mold. Mold's good. I mean, discount I mean, double checks. It fits with the uh, cheese theme. I mean, all right, we're we're locked in. Struggling a little bit with this one here. Macro means big, is what we think. And Packer fans, we the clue there threw us off. So we didn't know if they were afraid of big cheese heads or foam uh, paraphernalia or losing to the Vikings. But uh, <laughs> they're definitely afraid of that. Yeah. I don't, Madeline. Do you have any guesses here? I don't know. I'm most comfortable with big things, but I don't. Okay. Fear of big heads. Okay. Yeah. All right. Locking it in. I was hoping you were gonna say um, the fear of of winning it all a second time with Aaron Rodgers, um, but <laughs> uh, we thought uh, we thought as cheese heads, maybe uh, they were afraid of mold. Mm-hmm. And uh, bears are big, so I said bears. <laughs> okay. I believe that's osophobia. Well, 
Macrophobia actually does. It's derived from Greek macros, meaning large, and phobia, obviously, meaning fear. Uh, but this is generally referred to people who are afraid of long waits. Uh, Green Bay Packers have the longest waiting list in sports with more than 100,000 names. The team website says the wait is 30 years, and it's common custom in Green Bay and other Wisconsin cities to put a baby's name on the list as soon as the birth certificate is obtained. <laughs> What's the waiting list for what? For season tickets. Oh, for season tickets. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're not getting season tickets if you're a Packers fan. Sorry. All right. Question 10. In the movie The Fugitive, Deputy Marshal Samuel Gerard goes by this nickname, one familiar to fans of 90s Milwaukee Bucks basketball or current WWE factions. I can't. I don't even remember his nickname. I love that movie. Um, all right. We're locked in. Well, things we don't know much about are the Nineties Bucks or WWE factions. <laughs> um, that makes this a little more difficult. It does. And I've never seen the movie, so. And so we haven't seen the movie. I have seen the movie. It was a while ago. So maybe his name was Bubba. So we're going to lock in with uh, good old Sheriff Bubba. All right. Oh, um, yeah. So we, I was trying to go through all the WWE factions, and I completely forgot there was a Milwaukee Bucks clue in there. But I, even though I wouldn't have gotten it, um, so I was just trying to go through them, and I, I was having trouble, so I gave up, and I just said the Shield. Okay, and uh, so it's Tommy Lee Jones is the uh, the marshal in that, uh, and he's also the coffee boss mascot in Japan. I went with coffee boss. Wow. Well, he in this movie he is the big dog. You don't ever argue with the big dog because the big dog is always right. Uh, Roman Reigns is the big dog, and Glenn Big Dog Robinson was the Milwaukee Bucks clue. All right. Oh, well, to recap that first round, it's been tough. Uh, Triviality holding steady at ten points. Uh, Quick draw also holding steady at 20 points, and uh, Team PG at 40 points. All right, this might be the hardest game I ever wrote. <laughs> Apologies to everyone listening. All right, today's swing round, where hopefully lots and lots of points will be scored, is called the meme of the crop. Oh boy. No. So I'm going to describe a very, very popular meme. Uh, I'm sure you guys will be all familiar with these. Uh, you just tell me the name or what it is, basically. I don't internet. That's all right. Well, maybe Neil does. All right. So I'm going to read I know, these. I know Neil does. Okay. So there's going to be 10 of these. They're going to be worth five points a piece. I just want to point out I'm 47 years old here, guys. <laughs> I wrote a history question. <laughs> this is this is you're, you're on Skype with us. I know you have the internet. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, I have a 12 year old daughter, so I'm hoping I can channel her. And, uh, She'll probably know better than all of us. That's yeah. for sure. That's right. All right, number one. This meme evolved from an innocent cartoon drawing to somehow become an icon for Nazi sympathizers. Number two. This meme is one of the older ones and could be seen on Ally McBeal, not being able to stop this feeling. Number three. This meme peaked in 2016 when the subject supposedly received 11,000 write-in votes in the general election. Number four. People don't create memes of this actor. He wills them into existence with his kung fu kicks. Number five. Ermagerd. This meme brought a ton of probably unwanted attention to the girl with the love of this particular book series. Number six. I can has this food item, and with it, you can has the popular... (laughs) (laughs) That's so hard to read. (laughs) I'm not going to get through this one. (laughs) Uh... 
was so close. Too. Power through. Ugh. Okay. It's so much easier when you're writing. <laughs> Number six. I can has this food item, and with it, you can has the popular name of a website for all your meme needs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Number seven. I can't tell if this is a good meme description or if everyone knows this character by his squinty expression. Number eight. Not many people would have guessed this Finding Forrester line would be played on repeat for hours in dorm rooms across the country. Number nine. A cartoon fist of this character blew up after LeBron James posted it to potentially throw shade at Kyrie Irving after a big game. And number 10. With virtually any mention of the number between 68 and 70 on Twitter, you can almost always expect this one word in reply. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more— We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. They are locked in. We are also. All right. Wonderful. Number one, which meme evolved from an innocent cartoon? Triviality, what'd you guys say? So um, I, I know that uh, I've seen him before. I'm pretty sure he's got some pretty bad connotations now. We said Pepe the Frog. Mm-hmm. Pizza Gophers. Pepe the Frog. Quick Pe- Pepe the Frog. That is correct. Pepe the Frog. Number two. Uh, what's this Alan McBeal meme all about? Pe- uh, Pizza Gophers. Uh, the dancing baby. Triviality. Yeah, and uh, computer class used to be like one of my favorite things to look up on Netscape Navigator. <laughs> the dancing baby. That's more of a Lycos guy. Quick draw. I did not know that one. Ah, that is the dancing the, the baby. Uga chaka, uga 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 chaka. All right, number three. Which of this meme is getting eleven thousand write-in votes? Uh, pizza gophers. Do you want to go, Madeline? Oh, uh, that we said Harambe. Triviality. Yeah, I kind of remember a story with uh, Eric Cartman getting a bunch of write-in votes, but that might not have been a a big thing. Uh, so we just said Eric Cartman. Quick draw. Harambe. Yes. All right, number four. Who is this? Uh, which actor is memeing his existence or whatever I said? Pizza Gophers. We said Chuck Norris. Triviality. We said the same. Chuck Norris. That is Chuck Norris. One of the older ones. I remember that being huge when I was in middle school. All right. Which book series is the Ermagerd Girl reading? Oh, this is a tough one. Take three. Yep. 
All right. Uh, what is that book series, Pizza Gophers? We said Goosebumps. Yeah, your uh, your multiple takes there gave us goosebumps. Oh my god, goosebumps! It's very hard to say. Much easier to write. I tell you guys this. It is goosebumps. All right, I can has answer from Pizza Gophers. What was? What did you guys say? Cheeseburger. Triviality. I don't know which one. Oh, oh, I, I just I, you said for a site. So the only meme site I know is knowyourmeme.com. Mm. I said Reddit. And the answer is cheeseburger. I can't has cheeseburger.com, one oh. of the original meme sites. I didn't know that's what you wrote down, that that yeah. was an answer. You just yeah. I thought you just wrote cheeseburger. Okay. Oh, no, no. <laughs> no, it's the cat, the lulz cats. I can has cheeseburger. Yes. Oh. Jeff was just writing down his I didn't his know that was order. a site. Spent too much time on there in my high school days. Number seven. Uh, who is that squinty guy? Pizza gophers. This is the one we struggled with the most, but uh, my gut said fry from Futurama. Okay, triviality. Yeah, we said Philip J. Fry. Yeah, not sure if this is the not sure meme or the <laughs> give me your money meme <laughs> or take my money. That's a uh, different one. Yes. Yeah, I did say Fry, though. Yes, shut up and take your points. Philip J. Fry is correct. Number eight, um, what is this Finding Forrester line? And please do your best impersonation, if you will. Pizza gophers. You the man now, dog. <laughs> Can't beat that. <laughs> Neil. You're the man now, dog. <laughs> I'm gonna say in Russian. <laughs> you're the man now, dog. Yes, you're the man. Do- you're the man now, dog. Dot com, which was just that scene uh, played over and over on loop. Uh, pretty amazing. Number nine. Whose cartoon fist is that? Uh, Pizza Gophers. I don't um, do this one. Yeah, I said Arthur. Triviality. Neil shaking his head. Yeah, we. I couldn't think. I knew it was a cartoon fist, and I could picture it. I couldn't remember what show it was from. And then right bef- right after we locked in, I, I realized it was Arthur. Mm-hmm. Quick draw. This is my favorite one, Arthur. Yes, I believe this is right before he punches his little sister. <laughs> 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 yeah, this is. And then a, he learns lessons. Yeah, in the you, show. Should, you should not punch your little sister. What a wonderful kind of day. Yeah. I just remember the moment on the show, duh, and the music swells. <laughs> yeah, she broke his uh, toy plane or something. Very upset. Arthur is correct. Number 10. Uh, what are people responding to that number with, Pizza Gophers? Nice. <laughs> Triviality. Uh, yeah, we uh, we went nice. Okay. Nice say. Nice. Yeah, it's it's nice. <laughs> uh, yes, points all around. Uh, pretty high scoring round. Enjoyed that one. While uh, Ken is tabulating the scores, just wanted to say uh, a thank you one more time to Madeline and Troy for being a Patreon supporter. If you guys would like to join them and uh, get some extras from the show uh you can go to patreon.com slash triviality podcast and we'd appreciate your support it helps keep the show going mm-hmm. all right so the swing round is over and the positioning is the same uh looks like team triviality picked up an extra 35 points bringing their total to 45 quick draw picked up 40 points bringing the total to 60 and pizza gopher is still leading it up with a perfect score in the swing round 90 points total so good job to those guys all right, ready for round two? Absolutely. Question one. This duotone pattern was man's best friend on the walkways when it first originated somewhere around 200 BC near Sweden. Uh, what is the name of this pattern? There's a pattern of suits, like tweed, but it's Irish wolf, wolfbane, wolfbane? No. Do you, you know what I'm talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> There's suits made out of it. They're like It's like a tweed Um Oh, houndstooth. I got it. We're in. Okay. Well, we uh, tried to put the different parts of that together. So we're looking for something fashion-related, dog-related, and maybe Swedish-related. Well, we only got two out of three of those. We think maybe it's houndstooth. 
as a pattern of fabric. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is uh, one of Colleen's favorite patterns, and it took me a while, and I, I couldn't remember any. I was trying to tell Jeff it's like a dog name, and we finally got to Houndstooth. And quick draw. And uh, I'm wearing these kinds of pants right now. Uh, Beetlejuice stripes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unfortunately, everyone uh, getting points, but quick draw over there. It is Houndstooth. Uh, it's one of the oldest occurrences of Houndstooths in a Jerem coat, uh, cloak, actually, a garment uncovered in a Swedish peat bog dated to between 360 and 100 BC. Uh, you're really committed tonight by wearing that cloak while you host. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> I thought that it would give you a little more visual clues as it was. So. All right. Question two in the round. Where would you most likely find a caldera, uh, spelled C-A-L-D-E-R-A, and don't say on screen with Tommy Lee Jones and Don Cheadle. So we didn't really get a chance to talk about it, but I think it's a the volcano, volcano kind yeah. of cauldron, caldera. So we locked in. We're going to lock in with volcanoes. Okay. You're you're either a Dante's Peak fan or you're a volcano fan, and we went volcano. Okay. And I said you would find it in the war machine suit. <laughs> you don't remember uh, on our recent uh, excursion to Iceland? Well, the answer is Volcano, whether you remember that excursion or not. So far, this round is going much better for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Question three. This Western Asian country's capital is one of the oldest cities in the world and the first city mentioned in the Bible. And I'm just looking for the country. We're locked in. We're locked in. My first thought was Damascus, because I know that's really old. But yeah, it's I don't the oldest. Know if that's I don't, think it, I don't know if it's the first city mentioned in the Bible. What's yeah, like that the was... the oldest continuously inhabited city? Yeah. So it could be Baghdad, Damascus, Amman, Jordan. It would make sense for it to be Egypt, right? Because it's an exodus. Yeah, but Cairo is not... Cairo is a modern yeah. city. Yeah. So, yeah. And it wasn't the capital back then either. I'm thinking it's either Damascus or Philadelphia, which is now Amman, Jordan. But... We can say Damascus, Syria. You don't look. You don't look pleased. With yeah, I, I just don't know. Play it safe. Syria. We're locking in with Damascus, Syria, Syria, Syria. Syria. I said Syria. <laughs> All right, you're locking in with Syria. Triviality. Um, it was funny. Um, we, I wrote it down right away, and I turned to Neil, and I was going to tell him, it's the. I think it's the oldest continuously inhabited city on Earth. And then I heard Troy say that in their discussion on the other end. So I was like, I felt pretty good about that. We went with uh, Damascus and Syria. Okay, quick draw. Do you have an answer? I'm going to take a hard pass. <laughs> okay. And the answer is Damascus, Syria. So good job for both the teams and for Ken for trying. I have a Syrian brother-in-law, so that might have been a little oh, well, uh, embarrassing. Well, well, your team got it right, which means you got it right, so you don't have to be embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. Question four. This woman has won three NCAA championships with the Yukon Huskies, four Olympic gold medals, three WNBA championships, is the all-time leading scorer in WNBA history and was given the White Mamba nickname by Kobe long before Brian Scalabrini co-opted it. Who is this arguably greatest women's basketball player of all time? All right, we're locked in over here. All right, well, we don't really have any idea, so we named two WNBA players. One was Lisa Leslie, the other is Lynette Woodward, and we're going to go with Lynette Woodward. Okay, triviality? Yeah, Jeff and I talked a little bit about this uh, before the question was over. He wrote Lisa Leslie because we're both fans of hers. And then uh, we heard the clue White Mamba. And we, we can picture this all-star, but we, we couldn't remember her name. And we know that there's a basketball player named Sue Bird who's really, really good. Uh, we couldn't remember if she went to UConn or not, but we said Sue Bird. Okay, quick draw anything? Yeah, I just didn't know, so I put Lisa Leslie. 
Uh, this one is Diana Taurasi. Mm. Um, she, I think she recently retired, but she is the all-time leading scorer, and uh, yeah, she's very, very good. I should have known that. We were talking about, um, we were talking about her like four or five months back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is she yeah. coaching now or no? I think she's still in the process of playing. She, it's one of those things where she got an offer to play overseas, which is much more than WNBA teams can afford. So she's actually played a couple seasons overseas That's as well. Mm, cool. That kind of sucks that you can't make good money here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right, question five, our listener submitted question. This one is from Brian Israel. Uh, I did switch it up a little bit because it was very, very hard. When <laughs> <it> first <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Yeah. In 1996, a spinoff was created off the hit TV show Home Improvement starring Tim Allen. This half-baked spinoff was based off an interaction Tim the Toolman Taylor had with two pals asking for girlfriend advice during his show within a show, Tool Time. This show, the spinoff, would have been named Buddies, and it starred two relatively unknown at the time comics, Jim Brewer of Goat Boy fame and this sketch show legend. We're locked in. Nice. What's the part when it's going to get easier? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, Originally, it was named the the spinoff, so I don't think that would have happened. I think Madeline's got an idea, though. I yeah, I was thinking of a different home improvement spinoff, which oh. is embarrassing. Um, you host a podcast about home improvement spinoffs, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, although I've never watched it, so. we're locked in. So now I'm curious, what was that other spinoff? Uh, Soul Man. Oh, the Dan Aykroyd show. Dan Aykroyd, yeah. Ooh, that show was yeah. bad. Huh. My husband talks about it sometimes. I didn't realize that. The well, only thought I have is the movie Half Baked, which is, I'm pretty sure, Jim Brewer and Dave Chappelle. So yeah, That's right. Let's talk about Chappelle. Okay, because he's sketch show yeah. guy. So I'm okay with that. I, I wrote down, I think the name of the spinoff was like Best Friends or Best of Friends or something similar. And uh, I started saying Goat Boy, and then you said Jim Brewer. And then I was like, okay, well, then it's Chappelle is the other one. So we wrote Chappelle. Okay. Dave Chappelle. And the answer is Dave Chappelle. What was the name of the spinoff? Was it Best Buddies? Oh, it was just Buddies. It was okay. Buddies, yeah. They were his buddies, and they were going to hang out or something. Jim Brewer probably could have used that money, to be honest, if that worked out. He hasn't done much since. Chappelle did fine. Yeah, <laughs> whatever happened to him, right? <laughs> All right, with five questions to go, looks like uh, Triviality's at 85, uh, Quick Draw, 70, and uh, PG at 130. Ready for question six? Mm-hmm. All right. Question six. On Disney's Recess, Mikey Blumberg is a child with the golden pipes of this Grammy and Tony Award winner. Will Ferrell never got around to mocking this aspect of the singer, however. The only into that for us was the Will Ferrell reference for Saturday Night Live. So we said, well, I remember his character very fondly, Robert Goulet. So we liked him with Robert Goulet. Triviality? Yeah, we, uh, we said Goulet. Goulet. Yeah, that, that sketch might be more famous than Robert Goulet himself at this point uh but we're gonna say i'm gonna say robert goulet as well yep the answer is robert goulet it was not inside the actor's studio <laughs> not at the time no all right question seven the foreigner song hot-blooded peaked on the u.s billboards exactly 100 spots lower than the temperature they are said to have in the song what spot did this song peak at you we're all locked in everyone's locked in let's start with the pizza gophers all right well i believe that they checked it and they saw that their fever was 103 so I, math it's not my strength but i'm thinking the answer is three okay yeah we agree with that uh we said three trace yes the answer is three a little easy math for you guys not too hard 
Thank you. <laughs> uh, question eight. While most people know that Marie Curie was the first female to win a Nobel Prize for her work in physics in 1903, less people are familiar with her second Nobel Prize for her work in this field. Well, her first one was in... Uh, physics. Yeah, I think it's chemistry. It's either chemistry or... Uh, I think it's physics and chemistry. And the, yeah. and the joke there is like, those are... And not the joke, like it, it, they're two very different fields and they're both incredibly hard. And she's the only person to have ever done it. Like, full stop. Uh yeah, I mean that. I I, I was gonna say chemistry, uh, kind of what rang a bell. So, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's physics and chemistry. Okay, no, we'll lock that in. Go ahead, Madeline. Um, our first thought was chemistry, and we went through some of the other ones and decided that none of them really made sense, so we went with chemistry. Okay, triviality. Yeah, um, I don't think any other person has ever done this, um, and we we think she won for physics and won for chemistry. Okay, same. Yep, it was chemistry. She discovered radium and plutonium, which is pretty good, I think, if you're going to get a Nobel Prize. Yeah, not bad. Un- unfortunately, her and <laughs> nice. Pierre succumbed to radiation sickness for uh, their work with for radon, unknown reasons. I believe. Oh, it was too many bananas is what I heard. Yeah, no. too many bananas. <laughs> they were getting a lot of good fresh fruit in those days. <laughs> yeah, a lot of hands. Mm. Yes. Question nine. This game was temporarily banned during World War I in Syracuse, New York, in a fit of anti-German sentiment. While this game was popular with the Jewish population in the town, local politicians must have played their trump cards to get this banning passed. We're locked in over here. We're thinking of vaguely Germanic, threatening-sounding <laughs> card game names, and we ended up with Euchre, because we thought there was a trump card in it after mm-hmm. going through other games, so we, we locked in with Euchre. All right, Triviality? Uh, solely based on uh, his performance in one of my favorites, Major League, we went with Bob Euchre. <laughs> Just a bit outside. Right. And I said Euchre. And the answer is Pinochle. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> it was brought to America by German immigrants. Matt's going to get a few Pinochles after this recording. <laughs> uh, oh. Pinochle sandwich, right? All right. Question 10. This famous Spanish dish is actually named after the pan it's cooked in. Thinking the most famous Spanish dish, and we right away landed on paella, thought of other things, but then came back to delicious paella. <laughs> All right. That sounds right. Uh, we went with the mixture of uh, egg, cheese, and other goodies, and we said frittata. Ah. I remember my grandmother used to make... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I just <laughs> liked enough uh, paella. And the answer is paella. Yes, always go back to the paella, I say. Uh, what are those scores after round two? After the uh, end of regulation, looks like triviality, 115. I have fallen to 110, and PG still in the lead with 170. So wow. it's going to be a tight game. All right, you guys ready to hear the final round questions? Let's do it. I know you guys say I'm a, a little vague sometimes, so... These are a little easier for you guys, I believe. Uh, your first category is, this question is about a book. <laughs> Categor- there you go. <laughs> Category two, this question is about a band. Question three, this question is about a philosophy. Category four, this question is about a sports guy. And category five, this question is about the theater. The wagers are locked in. You guys ready for the questions? All right. In the category, this question is about a book. This 1826 novel is set during the French-Indian War 
and has been adapted multiple times for TV, movies, and cartoons. Category 2. This question is about a band. In 2007, this band took the long way back to number one on the charts after a few years mired in controversy. Category 3. This question is about a philosophy. Eschatology is a branch of philosophy that deals with this very specific event. Simon Pegg and Nick Frost might be interested in it. Category 4. This question is about a sports guy. Larry Fitzgerald recently moved into second place on the all-time receiving yards list. While Larry hasn't had as much media attention as the person in third, he also never had to cry while defending his quarterback at news conferences. Which player did he pass to move into second? And category five, this question is about the theater. Tony Pastor was an American empresario who sometimes was referred to as the father of this style of theater, even though it had been done in France since the late 1700s. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or she, call the police. Or call the police, like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. You can spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and get more time to actually play the games you love with the IGN Daily Update podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. You'll hear everything from Comic-Con coverage to the huge Diablo 4 launch. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody is locked in, so let's get to those answers. Uh, In number one, the 1826 novel, uh, Pizza Gophers, what was your wager and what did you say? We wagered 15, and we tried very hard to think of any other novel set in the French-Indian War, but we just kept, no matter what we could... No matter what we did, we just ended up back at Last of the Mohicans. All right. Triviality. Yeah, we uh, we were on the same page. We wagered 20, and uh, we went with uh, Ken's favorite actor of Daniel Day-Lewis and La- Last of the Mohicans. And I wagered 30, and I'm going a different way, though I do love Daniel Day-Lewis. Uh, I'm going to go with Johnny Depp this time with The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Mm. The answer is The Last of the Mohicans. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, question two, you guys seem to have some issues with uh, the band that took the long way back to number one on the charts, uh, Pizza Gophers. What did you wager and what did you say? We wagered 10, and we really didn't have any idea other than they had the word back in the title. And one of my best friends in college babysat four members of the Backstreet Boys, so we said Backstreet Boys. That's back when they were actually boys. 
Yeah, they were very young boys. Yeah, quit playing games with my heart, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> Triviality? Yeah, we, we're going to quickly lose the 20 points we just gained. Um, we thought maybe Scott Stapp uh, had a long way back to the top, mm-hmm. and we said Creed. Okay. And I just said Bon Jovi for fun. All right. Well, this controversy was actually over their stance over then-President George Bush. Uh, The Republicans did not care for their country music stars taking a stance against them. It's the Dixie Chicks. Oh, that's right. Uh, Taking the Long Way was the name of their album. That went to number one on both the pop and country charts. Yikes for you guys. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Question three. uh, What is that branch of philosophy that deals with a specific event uh, in eschatology? What was your wager and answer? Pizza gophers. Uh, We wagered 20 and we said eschatology is the study of the end of the world. Okay. Triviality. Yeah. I'm a man who studied a little bit of philosophy. I'm a man who likes lists, which means eschatology keeps me up at night. Uh, It is the end of the world. Okay. And I went a different way. <laughs> I said reanimation. Uh, the answer is the end of the world. I always just try and keep figuring out which is my new number one. Like, what's going to do us in, finally? Uh, mm. Reanimation. <laughs> Could be. Well, we're actually all in a simulation now anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, question four, looking for that third place receiver. Uh, Pizza Gophers, what was your wager and what did you say? We wagered a mighty zero. And we tried to think of receivers, and Randy Moss was a receiver, so we said Randy Moss. Randy Moss, definitely a receiver. Triviality? Uh, I don't know what we wagered on this. Was it 15? Mm-hmm. We wagered 15 on this one, and uh, we talked about Randy Moss. Um, I kind of feel like it might be now, but we locked in with uh, T.O. Torello. Owens. Okay. And uh, I did not wager, and I said uh, John Madden. <laughs> <laughs> Very good receiver Boom. in his own right. <laughs> Uh, you can picture this guy doing sit-ups on his lawn, getting his popcorn ready, crying over Tony Romo, his quarterback. It's T.O. Oh, oh nice. Oh. Terrell Owens. All right. Number five, uh, the American Empresario, referred to as the father of this style of theater. Uh, Pizza Gophers, what was your wager and what did you say? We wagered 10, and simply because there were French words in it, we said vaudeville. Okay. Triviality? Yeah, we wagered 25. Uh, initially, we thought maybe uh, mimeism or mimes, uh, but then uh, thinking of the musical aspect of it and um, the V, V-I-L-L-E, we went with vaudeville. Mm-hmm. Vaudeville. The answer is vaudeville. Yay. <laughs> Back in it, Ken. So after that uh, rousing game, uh, looks like Team Quick Draw coming in uh, with a lousy 60 points. <laughs> All right. Uh, in second place, we have Team Triviality with 185, and today's cream of the crop is the Pizza Gophers. Good job, guys. Cream of the crop. The cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. Well done. <laughs> Thank my line. That's all it was. Yeah, you guys played really well together. I, I feel like there weren't many questions you didn't get wrong. So. It's the sports that... Yes. Yeah, I try. I, 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 you know, I'm obviously the sports guy here, but I try not to load up on sports as much as possible. Just a couple. No, there, there wasn't too much of it. I just, I love missing the history questions. That makes me feel good about myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was an unintended consequence. <laughs> we'll have to do a, an early 1800s uh, full game for you. There you <laughs> yeah. go. <laughs> but you got the Mohicans, right? So yeah, that's right. That's yeah. what matters. You know, your French Indian War. I just love that movie. All right, thank you to both of our contestants today, um, Troy and Madeline. You guys did a great job over there. 
Uh, thanks as always to Ken, Jeff, and Neil. And oh, no problem. Yeah, thanks for thanks for coming <laughs> in to, to the studio. I always appreciate it. Uh, a little more ambience in here. Uh, I'm your host, Matt, and that was Triviality. Uh, question four. SimCity... SimCity 10,000? Yes, that's the, that's the name <laughs> of the game. Is that the Sims language? Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember what it is, but... <laughs> Thank you for that. Question four. SimCity 2000 did not, in fact, come out in the year 2000. It was the first of the SimCity series to be ported to the Sega Saturn, PlayStation, and the Super Nintendo. Within what year? What year did this game originally come out? Within what year? One year. Oh, within what one year? What year did this come out? Yes. I think you said what twice. What what? What?